Welcome to another episode of Fear Not, the podcast that tells us why we're afraid of all the wrong things and oblivious to what can actually kill us. Our trending fears this week, killer bacteria in your house. We know where it's hiding. Millennials are ruining everything. Really, everything. Florida woman named Crystal Methvin arrested for possession of, guess what? And Barry's fear of the week, U.S. life expectancy is on the decline again. That and so much more coming up on Fear Not. Today is gonna be a good day. Don't care what anybody else say. Oh, I don't need a fortune cookie to tell me the way I'm feeling. Gonna be a good day. A good day. Welcome back to Fear Not. It's episode 22. I'm Alonzo Bowden here with my friend in fear, Dr. Barry Glasner, the world's foremost expert on fear. And this is a great week for everybody in the fear world because it's Halloween week, fear's in the air. Our Halloween special was already out, so if you haven't already heard it, it's episode number 20. And the New York Times talked to us. So watch out for that. It's on some kind of special Halloween uh, edition. And if you follow us on social media, We'll have the article posted there so you can find it really easily. And as for me, I'm feeling good, Alonzo, and not because of what's in this cup that I'm drinking here, but because my vacation's coming up, man. Where are you going? Italy. Really? Yep. How long? You know, not long enough, but I'm going. Well, look for some fear while you're over there. (laughs) Bring some back. I'll try. And what's up with you? I got a good November. Vegas and D.C., it's going to be great. Excellent. And we're here to debunk fear so that you can be the smartest person at your office, at parties, everywhere you go. We want to thank you for sharing us with your friends, and we want you to like us on the platform of your choice. So take a second for a review. They really do matter to us. And we answer your questions, so send us some. On Twitter, you can hit us up at Fear Not Official, or you can email us at fearnotofficial at gmail.com. And while you're there, Please subscribe. Let's get this thing started. Headline number one, killer bacteria hiding in your washing machine. Isn't this on every episode of Dr. Oz? (laughs) I think it is on Dr. Oz a lot. It's definitely on that show, The Doctors. Is this happening in a lot of our washing machines? When I first found the problem, you, you end up reaching inside and peeling back the lip here, you can see and you get all kinds of mold down on the inside here, around the the outside in this area. And again, this is a real problem. If you're seeing this in your wash and dryer, it can not only just be an irritant, a respiratory irritant, it can be a physical irritant to your skin or your eyes, but if you have anyone in the house who has allergies or asthma or has a compromised immune system, that's when mold can truly become dangerous to your health. Just two weeks ago, CNN did a major story with this headline, the germiest place in your home and the best way to combat those microbes. And the article started out this way. Do you compulsively scrub your toilet for fear of germs? But how often do you change your bath and hand towels? When's the last time you sanitized your refrigerator, scrubbed your microwave handles, or bleached your kitchen sink? Here's where the story on CNN came from. Some of this scare was prompted by a report published a few weeks ago by the American Society for Microbiology. In that study, they found that a multidrug-resistant pathogen, otherwise known as a germ that's tough to kill, kept reappearing on the skin of premature babies in a German hospital. 
These are notorious bacteria for hospital-acquired infections like pneumonia, urinary tract infections, and a type of blood poisoning that can lead to septic shock. So these researchers in this study looked for contamination in incubators and among the hospital staff, and they came up negative. Then they tested those tiny knitted socks and hats that the hospital staff put on all those babies in the hospital, and voila, the source of the bacteria, they traced it to the source in the hospital laundry room. They found a household energy-saving washing machine in the laundry room. Now, typically, hospitals use industrial washers and wash at energy-consuming high temperatures. But what they found here was bacteria in the washer's detergent drawer and on the rubber door seal. They removed the household machine from the hospital, and guess what? The infection stopped. Now, fortunately, none of the babies got sick, but the case exposed a potential hazard for household machines, since that's what they were using, and in particular for washing in cold and warm water. Somewhere in this story... There's a joke about throwing out the baby with the bathwater, but I'm not going to tell it. I'm not going to tell that joke. That one's too easy. But the CNN story takes another step. Take a look at what's hiding in your bathroom hand towels. Quote, E. coli grows quite well on towels. That quote's from uh, Charles Gerber, who's a microbiology professor at the University of Arizona, who I'm told is known as Dr. Germ. And then he went on, he said, you've got to use really hot water and dry it really well. If you don't, you'll get more E. coli on your face when you dry it with a towel than if you stuck your head in a toilet and flushed. Well, that's pretty good news for fraternities, right? I mean, that's (laughs) kind of what they've been doing to the pledges. Who knew that they put their head in the toilet, flushed it, and it was drying it off with the towel that killed them? (laughs) So I'm going to back up to a previous story. What they're saying is don't wash your chicken in the washing machine. (laughs) That is definitely good advice. But if you have a lot of guests, you should change the towels daily. You should wash them in hot water and dry them thoroughly on high heat. If anyone in the house is sick, it's time to turn up the heat. Not necessarily in the washer, by the way. It can be in the dryer and for at least a half hour And if you can't or you won't dry on high heat, go old school. Hang them outside. For the sun to sanitize, though, the clothes need to be in full sunlight until they're totally dry. So you got to do it right. You know, I have these... These discs that I got that you're supposed to, uh, they told me you're supposed to throw it in the wash and just run it like once a month. You just wash, it's it's supposed to clean out the washer. Yeah. So far I haven't, I've been doing that and I haven't caught E. coli, so I guess it works. Yeah, I think that's a good way to go. Yeah, it's simple enough. So Barry, household bacteria, fear or fear not? A science journalist named Mary Roach said it well in an article in the New York Times. She said this, The fantasy of a germ-free home is not only absurd, it's also largely pointless. Unless you share your home with someone very old, very young, meaning under six months, or very ill. The few hundred bacteria on a countertop, doorknob, or spoon pose no threat. And she's right. Unless someone you live with is very old, very young, or very ill, fear not. Headline number two, millennials are ruining everything good in the world from dating to the economy. It's all their fault. I don't know if it's their fault or not, but they're great for punchlines. 
Millennials are funny. <laughs> Here are three recent headlines. Psychologically scarred millennials are killing countless industries from napkins to Applebee's. Stingy millennials are to blame for the sluggish economy. And my favorite, millennials say dating has gotten way too expensive. They can't even afford love. In my comedy special, Historically Incorrect, I said it a long time ago. I told the millennials, start killing old people. It's their only hope. Look, we're blaming them for everything. Just get rid of us. And when my turn comes, they can take me out, and I'll be proud because it was my plan. According to CNBC, the selfie-obsessed avocado toast-loving generation might be behind slower economic growth, according to a research note from Raymond James, which is the financial services firm. The data behind this claim came from a recent report out of the St. Louis Federal Reserve. The U.S. personal savings rate defined as income minus spending is 8.1 percent. That's compared to 1996 when it was much lower, 5.7 percent. And the Raymond James analyst said this, the higher savings rate, we believe, has had disinflationary impact driving the relatively slow growth and low inflation in this recovery, causing the incentives for excess supply and disinflation, deflation biases in the global economy. Whew. The English translation of that, by the way, hey, millennials, if you hold on to your money, the economy will slow down and prices won't increase. Whoever heard of investment companies saying, hey, stop saving money? Don't send it to us. Don't <laughs> save it. Don't send it to us. We don't want your money. You're wrecking the damn economy. But it's not just the economy they're being blamed for ruining. In 2017, Business Insider listed 19 longstanding industries that are suffering because of the millennials. They listed everything from chain restaurants, specifically Buffalo Wild Wings. They're also supposed to be destroying breast restaurants. It's one word, restaurant. That's like Hooters and stuff, right? And also on the list are products like cereal because it's too much work to wash the dishes. They're not buying diamonds, this says, fabric softeners, designer handbags, yogurt, soap bars, and even beer. Those wine-loving millennials. Let me jump in. <laughs> fabric softener? The last I looked in the grocery store, that fabric softener aisle had 20 different brands. So somebody's still using Bounce and Downy and stuff like that. The restaurants, I can understand it. They have a different view, a lot of respect for women. So I'm all right with that. And here are two that are near and dear to your heart, Alonzo. Football and motorcycles. The motorcycle thing is true. They are not buying Harley Davidsons. Harley is having a big problem because Harley is marketed to an older baby boomer generation. And what's going on in motorcycling, and I have friends in the industry, it's very they're they're trying to figure out how to make motorcycles cool for young people. And you know what's working? Little bikes. They're not selling big bikes, they're selling little 125cc bikes. I'm going to give you a little motorcycle history all now. Right. In the 60s, one of the greatest ad campaigns of all time came from Honda. Everybody, when they thought motorcycle, they thought Hell's Angels. Motorcycles had a bad reputation, and Honda changed it. Some don't believe in growing old. They own a Honda. Optional push-button starting. Three-speed transmission, automatic clutch, and a four-stroke 50cc engine give get-up-and-go action with 225 miles to a gallon of gas. A Honda's for the young at heart. Honda, world's biggest seller. And 
Honda became the biggest motorcycle company in the world. Mm -hmm. So right now that industry is having to, they're having to reinvent themselves because their customers are my age. Don't blame them. That's just marketing. You got to step it up. You need to sell a small motorcycle with beer. Just have it come with like, <laughs> you need to come up with a craft motorcycle. Craft motorcycle. You need a craft motorcycle. That's what you need. Alonzo Bowden, Defender of Millennials. I love them. I, I honestly I do. I make fun of them, uh -huh. but I love them. They're I, good people. They care about the planet. It's, it's such a shame that we're blaming them for like not being horrible. Like, you don't go to restaurants. What's wrong with you? Why aren't you objectifying your women? I saved the worst of the best for last. All right. All right. What else are they doing wrong? Millennials have ruined dating. According to the dating site Match.com's annual survey of singles in America, they polled 5,000 people across the country. Millennials are dating less because it's too expensive. The survey reported... More than 30% of millennials said they just don't have the money to go on dates. One millennial told USA Today that he stopped dating altogether because he was spending hundreds of dollars a month on dates that went nowhere. <laughs> and he also said that he avoids suggesting coffee dates for fear of looking cheap. They can't afford diamonds to get married, so why would they fall in love? <laughs> Didn't we just say they're saving too much money? Now they're broke. This is why they can't win. We just did it to them in our own story. Match's survey also asked how much an average date costs, and they broke it down by state. Can you guess what a date for two costs in New York? And remember, this is the whole state. We're not talking about just New York City, right? Okay, now what is considered a date? Is that going to dinner? Is it dinner in a movie? Is it what? What's... Match.com was talking about dinner for two and some movie tickets, uh, and a bottle of wine. I'm going to guesstimate you're trying to impress her a little bit in New York, 120 bucks. Just under $300. Where the hell are you taking them? California clocked in at a high number, about $226. Where do you think the cheapest state for a date is? Mississippi, because it's your cousin. Just go to the family <laughs> dinner. Sorry about that, You're... Mississippi. It was a cheap joke, but I took it. And Alabama, I let you off on that one. The answer is South Dakota for $38. I believe that. I've been to South Dakota. That's enough money to get your gas to go to North Dakota where they have the restaurant. <laughs> All right. Well, once again, I think the millennials will be blamed for everything. They are, but you know they're not the first generation to be blamed for all of society's ills. It happens to every generation, and that's the moral of the story. In the 1950s and the early 60s, that generation was condemned for being overgrown juvenile delinquents and sex-crazed rock and rollers. In the early 60s and the early 70s, they were pot-smoking anti-war hippies. In the 80s came the Gen Xers, and they were said to be lazy and cynical, and then came Generation Y. They were stereotyped as self-centered narcissists. Now, now, wait a minute. We were pretty self-centered in the 80s. It's right? all stereotypes of every generation. Okay. It's true that millennials' perspectives do differ somewhat, largely because they grew up during the Great Recession in times of less financial stability. Barry, millennials ruining everything. Fear or fear not? Fear not the millennials. And to our millennial listeners, you won't be denounced forever. Another generation is going to come along, and they're going to get blamed for everything. Millennials, start killing old people. Don't kill your grandfather, but your grandfather's friends, you don't really know them. Down in Florida, we welcome you to the Sunshine State. It's time for Fear Florida. Here's the headline. 
Florida woman named Crystal Methvin arrested for... Want to guess this one, Barry? Uh, boy, this is hard, Alonzo. You know, I got a PhD. I don't know if I... Crystal meth? Imagine that. You're right. Crystal meth. A tip led Florida investigators to bust a couple of possession for crystal meth. The St. Augustine Police Department says that officers got a tip. A woman was sitting in a car on the side of the highway. When they arrived, Methvin didn't have her driver's license. A search turned up crystal meth in a plastic bag, as well as more unused bags in her purse. Officers told CBS in Jacksonville that they believe she was selling the drugs. She now faces a third-degree felony charge for possession of meth and is being held on $5,000 bond. <laughs> no joke, Barry. This is her name. Crystal June Methvin. That's right. I told you, they always have three names. <laughs> always. They always have three always. names. The PD asked this in a post on its Facebook page. Have you ever wondered what crystal meth looks like? Then went on rather cheekily, well, meet white female Crystal June Methvin. One social media post said this is the win for the day. But one reader admonished the St. Augustine Police Department for posting Methvin's mugshot, which is standard practice in a public record. I implore you to rethink your social media approach to sharing embarrassing mugshots of people who have been arrested for reasons related to drug abuse. Hmm. <laughs> There's a Nick Nolte picture that comes to mind. <laughs> there must be more effective deterrents that don't shame people who need rehab and a chance for a fresh start. The PD responded, Thank you, Laura, for your response, but the camera takes what it sees. <laughs> okay. The message must come out. We have too many of our young children eaten away by this, and we see it enough daily. Enough is enough. That's the moral of this story uh, with Crystal Methven. You Her know, cousin, Harry Heroin, is very nervous <laughs> right now. <laughs> Old Harry's just <laughs> sitting around waiting. It's only a matter of time, Harry. They're out to get you. <laughs> This is the thing, and this is where I'll feel sorry for Crystal. I'm sure she applied for many jobs, and they read Crystal Methvin, and they just said, well, <laughs> no, I don't think we're hiring today, Crystal. Fear Florida. It is time for Barry's Fear of the Week. And here's what it is, Alonzo. A bleak series of government reports show that our life expectancy has been on the decline for the first time in a century. I'm just going to say this started around, oh, November 2016. Trump I didn't may have say a, the name. I didn't say the name. He may have a little bit to do with it, <laughs> but it dates back before then a little bit, too. Every year, the CDC issues an annual report that's considered a reliable barometer of society's health. And according to the report... A baby born in the U.S. in 2017 is expected to live to be 78.6 years old. That's down from 78.7 the year before. Now, a one-tenth of a percent drop may not seem like a lot, but until three years ago, U.S. life expectancy went up every year. And this is the longest consecutive decline in life expectancy in more than a century since the period between 1915 and 1918. That period included World War I and the Spanish flu epidemic. That doesn't apply to black people. Our, our life expectancy is much shorter than that, at least eight, maybe even ten years shorter than that. This is bizarre. In a country that spends more per capita on health care than any other country in the world, this shouldn't be happening. And I agree completely with an expert from the Johns Hopkins School of Public Health. His name's Joshua Sharfstein. He's a physician, vice dean there. He says, this is a very dismal picture of health in the United States. 
Life expectancy is improving in many places in the world. It shouldn't be declining in the U.S. But the U.S. isn't alone in this. A study in the U.K. projected worse news for the Brits. Their lifespan is going to shorten by about five months, but they're an exception in Europe. Life expectancy is still on the rise in countries like France, Germany, Sweden, the Netherlands. So what's going on in the U.S.? The CDC pointed to three primary reasons for the decline. First, a rise in drug overdoses. The death rate for drug ODs in the U.S. rose 72% in the last decade. And, of course, opioids are a big part of that. Second, according to the CDC, is an increase in liver disease. Among young men, 25 to 34, over a 10-year period, the death rate for chronic liver disease and cirrhosis increased nearly 8% a year. And this is even crazier. Women in the same age group went up more than 11% a year. Then there's the third reason that the CDC gives for our shortened life expectancy, and this is something that we've talked about here in the past. That's the rise in suicides. The suicide rate in the U.S. has increased by 33% since 1999. And meanwhile, the global suicide rate has gone down by almost 30%. And in case you miss my fear of the week about the truth behind our rising suicide rates, research shows that we can attribute a large part of the increase to easy access to guns, especially in rural areas. And if you want more on that, just listen to episode 16 of this podcast. Another thing we've talked about on Fear Not is also contributing to the drop in life expectancy, and that's rising income inequality. Several studies have shown this, including one in the British Medical Journal that concluded, and I'm quoting, reducing income inequality represents an important step toward increasing life expectancy, particularly in countries where inequalities are high. Other things that have factored into the life expectancy decline are things like a spike in death from flus last winter. That, of course, is temporary, but it contributes to it for one year. And increases in deaths from chronic lower respiratory diseases, Alzheimer's disease, and strokes. I hate to say this, Barry, but it sounds like living will kill you. <laughs> but I'd be curious, is the opioid epidemic worse than other drug epidemics we've had in in our history or are they just looking at it now you know it's a the big thing and and i hate to keep bringing this up the racial element to it but there is a racial oh, yeah, element you definitely. know the crack epidemic wasn't a national crisis or anything else mm -hmm. right but the mm -hmm. opioid epidemic right. is and now they're doing all these studies and so on so the thing about the liver and and drinking are people drinking more at a young age i don't know i think that i think that might also be drug related i mean we are a nation hooked on prescription drugs mm -hmm. and high doses of drugs are bad for your liver the other question is and this is maybe we'll do this on another show can you afford to get old you know honestly i mean economically mm -hmm. i mean there's a certain point where like how much money do you have you mm -hmm. know you, what do they say you don't want to outlive your money but you know the really sad part about this is that this decline in life expectancy, it's preventable. We can reverse it. That dean I quoted earlier, Sharfstein, he said this, the frustration that so many of us feel is that there are things that could save many lives and we're failing to make those services available. Absolutely true. Rehab instead of prison. Mm -hmm. that, that would make a big difference. And um, preventive health care, right. diet. Right. I don't know if we had more good food. Yeah, all those things can make a difference, but we're not doing them. A little good news in this whole dismal picture. 
Deaths from heart disease, the number one killer of Americans, continues to level off, and deaths from cancer continue a long, steady trend in the right direction. But fear declining life expectancy, and let's do something about it. Closing time, open all the doors and let you out into the world. It's time for a nightcap. Every week, Barry and his crack research team dig for a story that has gone viral. One that is so ridiculously outrageous that it sounds too ridiculous to be true. And you know what you get to do? You get to guess whether it's true or it's made up. Here's today's headline. Massive semen explosion after blaze hits bull artificial insemination facility. Firefighters forced to dodge projectiles. This one is unfair, Barry, because I don't know if bull semen is explosive. <laughs> so this is an unfair one. You're going to ask me. I'm going to... I'm going to flip a coin and say that this one's true. Here are the facts, or the so-called facts. According to this story, a huge fire at a cattle breeding facility in Australia has caused thousands of dollars in damage after at least 100 cylinders containing bull semen were destroyed. According to the commander of the fire department, the crew had to be wary of projectiles coming at them while they tackled the blaze. One firefighter was quoted as saying, the liquid inside the cylinders was rapidly expanding and essentially the lids of the cryogenic cylinders were just popping off the top and projectiles were being thrown from the building. So the loss of 100 cryogenic cylinders of cattle semen would be essentially a huge blow for the farmers. You really want to use the phrase huge blow in this story. <laughs> I'm just quoting here. And I'm quoting again, the actual cylinders are worth between $342 and $1,000 per unit, but the semen inside them varies in price. Now, this is what I'm wondering. How do they determine which semen gets the good cylinder? <laughs> How do they know, like, oh, this is the good stuff. Put it in $1,000. So, oh, this cheap stuff. Put it in a $300. And, and how would you feel if you're a bull and you're hanging out with the other bulls and you're like, oh, man. They just put yours in the three hundred and fifty dollar. You can't even you can't even look the other bulls in the eye now. The cows are laughing at you. It's your little three hundred forty two dollar semen. I'm looking for thousand dollar semen. How you want me to go on with this after that? You started it with a huge know. blow. It's my fault. An investigation is being done to determine the cause of the fire, but there's not been a definitive answer. Really? They can't figure out what started the fire on a mechanical lovemaking machine? <laughs> I don't know. I think one of them bulls got a little too into it. <laughs> friction causes heat. I'm just saying. That's I'm good. just saying. I'm not a scientist. You're a scientist, but I know friction causes heat. Alonso, you win the big prize. I don't know what the prize is. but whatever. Well, get your crack research team yeah. on it. <laughs> but whatever it is, you win the big prize because this story is true. God bless those firemen. <laughs> you talk about lousy work conditions. Man. Good night. It's gonna be a good day. Don't care what anybody else say. Oh, I don't need a budget cookie to tell me. If you like what you heard, hell, even if you hated what you heard, hit the subscribe button and tune in every week. Give us a five-star review to help us rise on the charts. And as always, if you hear news stories that make your hair stand on end or they sound like someone is trying to fill you with fear, send them to us at fearnotofficial.com or tweet us at fearnotofficial. And we'll see if we can uh, find the truth. Let us know what you're scared of. 
Fear Not is a Stone & Company Entertainment production hosted by Alonzo Bowden and Dr. Barry Glasner. Executive produced by Scott A. Stone. Produced and edited by Adam Everest. Written by Scott A. Stone, Barry Glasner, and Adam Everest. Alonzo writes stuff too. Don't believe him. Our sound engineer is Tim Moore. Legal Beagles, Loeb and Loeb. Crack accountants are 10 key accounting. Special thanks to Gary Brown, Betsy Amster, and Adam's imaginary girlfriend.